0: Welcome to the Inspired Leader podcast, the series in which we explore the sources of inspiration of a fascinating variety of leaders.
1: Well, I'm absolutely on a mission to take on LinkedIn. We are going to see massive disruption of traditional industries over the next five, 10, 15 years. A lot of those industries actually that LinkedIn looks after. Do you know what? I think it's hilarious. Sometimes, you know, there's that expectation of the press that, you know, startups are easy and next thing you're a billionaire. I mean, the reality of anyone who's ever built a successful startup or tech business is it's an ongoing roller coaster of highs and lows, you know.
0: And in this edition, I'm delighted to be meeting Pip Jameson, the disruptive entrepreneur and diversity champion behind the dots, the rapidly growing social network builders as a LinkedIn for the creative industries. So good morning, Pip. Thank you very much for joining me.
1: Good morning. Great to speak to you. (laughs) You too, (laughs) (laughs) Andrew.
0: So I'm gonna have to start with the most obvious question. For those who don't know, tell us, what is The Dots?
1: People call The Dots LinkedIn for the creative industries. Actually, people have recently been calling us LinkedIn for no-collar workers. the kind of history of the site is I used to work at MTV. yeah, And I was surrounded by me and my peers were working in a very different way than that kind of traditional white collar workforce. Traditionally, you'd sort of go into a very linear career. So it would be a CV based, you join one company for 15 years and you move on to the next one. But I was kind of surrounded by friends who were working in a much more kind of fluid way of work. So we were freelancing, lots of us were adopting portfolio careers. So we might be working in a business for three days but two days we were running our own startups, we were doing our own fashion labels, we we're doing our own magazines, we we're doing podcasts. So, you know, that kind of traditional CV way of promoting yourself wasn't really working. The other thing that while I was at MTV is I kind of noticed that me and my friends, our skill set was based in creativity. Yeah. Um, and I use creativity in its broadest sense yeah. of the world. Okay. Um, this is essentially people coming up with ideas and building teams around them. To execute on those ideas so it could be someone coming up with the idea for an app or an advertising campaign or redesigning a building and linkedin just wasn't working in terms of showcasing the creative work yeah. we were doing yeah. and at the same time while i was at mtv i was finding it just really hard to connect with brilliant talent which sounds mad because you know everyone wanted to work at MTV but the honest truth is that you know I was wanting to discover people who were doing this mad robotics work in Berlin and there wasn't a place where I could kind of discover those people so I kind of brought those frustrations together and then then the dots was born yeah (laughs) great and so
0: what was the sense of the opportunity you had
1: yeah I think it was it was funny I was never one of those people where I was like I want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> no. increasingly, I'm surrounded by these people that are like, yeah, I want to start a business. I wasn't one of those people. I was very much like, I had this problem at MTV yeah. and I wanted to solve it. I wanted a better way to showcase the kind of work I was doing at MTV. I wanted a better way to connect with people that were very like-minded. And I also wanted a better way to hire people while yeah. I was there. And so it sort of just came out of that mindset. Yeah. It was like, let's just build a solution I need for MTV. And I guess the rest, as <laughs> they say, is yeah. history. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and
0: so, so you you initially did some stuff around it in Australia, is that right? Yeah, You were, you were exactly. in Australia at the time with MTV. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I was at MTV and we, you know, typical startup, you know, quit MTV, sunk kind our of life savings into starting the platform in Australia. MTV doesn't pay very well. They kind of pay you in Jägermeister. Shh, shh. <laughs> That's right. yeah. So uh, it wasn't a huge yeah. amount of capital I had to invest. And yeah, I scaled that business yeah. into being the biggest professional network for the creative industries over in Australia. So we had around 67% of all of the creative industries wow. using the site we yeah, how had much over 11,000 that? That, that was about three and a half years yeah and then we ended up getting to this point where we were the biggest network for the creative industries, which is an amazing position to be in. However, I then hit the massive startup hurdle where my business partner, once we were profitable, doing well, he didn't want to expand internationally. So, right. very long story short, I had to <laughs> sell that business. I acquired the technology rights. I reinvested all the money I made in Australia back into the business here, right. okay. and I went from startup to scale up back to startup yeah, all over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, now yeah, you're scaling again. up again. And now I'm it's going scaling well, up isn't it? again. It is pretty amazing. I mean, I love London. So, I mean, London's actually the biggest creator epicenter in the world. So we think about creative clusters and cities. So it's actually bigger than New York. I mean, there's more creators in the whole of the US, but London, London is the creator city of the world, which is incredible.
0: So come on then, what are the pros first of being an entrepreneur? And we'll come on to the (laughs) (laughs) cons. But first of all, what are you loving about being an entrepreneur and, and sort of founding your own business and seeing it grow?
1: Oh, it's just that magical experience of actually building building something seeing it grow and being in it every day. I've always been very curious. So it's that wonderful thing where you know you're always learning, there's always a new challenge to overcome, there's always a new problem to solve, and it's just so engaging. And also it's about my team. I've got the most incredible team it's that joy of being able to hand pick a team Mm. and build that team and you know I come to work every day and I just love the people I work with and that's that for me is such a joy and when when you've got a team that's passionate positive all driving towards the same goal it makes for a really really happy working environment very exciting (laughs) Yeah. yeah (laughs)
0: but also probably some challenges along the way as well. So tell us, come on. (laughs) What are the things you find more difficult? What are the things you find more difficult? Do
1: you know what? I think it's hilarious. Sometimes, um, you know, there's that... You know, expectation of the press that you know startups are easy, and next thing you're yeah. a billionaire. I mean, the reality of anyone who's ever built a successful startup or tech business is it's an ongoing roller coaster of highs and lows. You know, I have definitely been the happiest I've ever been in my life, and you know, there's moments when I'm crying on my husband's shoulder, like, What on earth am I doing? I want a full time job that has security. I mean, it is an ongoing challenge. You know, I've made um. I made some disastrous mistakes, everything from hiring the wrong people. Um, Actually, specifically in Australia, I I hired a very senior person into the business and I knew from the first moment that he wasn't right. He had been very used to having minions and you know being a manager but he couldn't sort of roll his sleeves up I guess my natural instinct as a female leader is to nurture people through that what I should have done is I should have let him go when I had that instinct that he wasn't right um and I learned the hard way that you know one bad apple can really rot a barrel and yeah. you know being a leader is as much about letting people go when they're not right as hiring the right people yeah. and so that was you know those sort of challenges have always been but a wonderful learning experiences yeah. as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> and w- when things have been tough how do you maintain your personal spirit what are the kind of things you do to keep positive positive? push things through?
1: Yeah, so I um, a number of things. So our, one of our core values when it comes to building a team is hiring positive people. And when I talk about positivity, it's not people that don't challenge me. I really want people that challenge me. It's more that people come to me with solutions, not problems. And I think having that as a core value in terms of the team I've hired has meant that, you know, they're essentially my cheerleaders. They're the ones that can really help me whenever we're having challenges, which happens all the time. They're the ones that can help yeah. me come up with the solutions. And so I think yeah. that's been that's been really important. the strength
0: of that too. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And um, also I live on a houseboat and that's just this beautiful way of living in central London. It's very meditative. It's very calming. Whenever I'm stressed, I we have a little rowboat. Well, our houseboat's called Horace and we have a little <laughs> little rowboat called Little Horace and whenever I'm really stressed, i just going for a row just yeah. releases releases my brain. And so, yeah, that's kind of a lovely way to keep calm, carry on.
0: (laughs) 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 I love that you you talked at the start of that about values Mm -hmm. and you talked about one. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the beauties of being a a founder is you can bring your core values to the business and and, and sort of really embed those. Are there other values that are really at the heart of what you're doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, our community actually has very different values than, I guess, the values that say something like LinkedIn was built on. You know, right now, LinkedIn's got all these massive posters around town, which is get paid as much as you want. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, being paid is important but they show you know there's a very little difference in your happiness levels once you're over yeah, a certain certainly. level of pay to being you know getting a million a year The community I look after have very different values, you know, they're very savvy in the fact that they, you know, these days they won't work for an employer unless their values align. They want to come to work and have it feel like a family, you know, that's that whole work-life balance where you work and then you live for your weekends is sort of going. They want to feel that they're having a positive impact on the world. And so a lot of our community values, we obviously also mimic internally. Um, And part of that also is inclusivity and diversity. So I'm a sole female tech founder. Um, There aren't many of us. I I realized recently at my level, there's only 3% of us actually, um, because we closed a big 4 million investment round just before Christmas. So I'm a female tech founder and I'm dyslexic. So, you know, I definitely see things from a minority perspective. And so a lot of what the dots was grounded in is, being a place that is open to everyone and very celebratory of people's diversity and difference, um, which means it's also a brilliant place for the companies we work with to hire diverse talent. So we're currently, um, 62% of our community is female, over 34% of our community is BAME, and over 16% of our community is LGBT+. We also do a lot of work in terms of neurodiversity and um, also socioeconomic diversity, and That's been just a magic experience. Someone gave me a bit of shit on Twitter recently. They said, um, if you're 62% female, that's not very diverse. But the honest truth is LinkedIn actually skews the other way. Right. So we're just trying to, you know, if I'm trying to bias it the other way, I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, you're clearly at the leading edge of this kind of stuff. As you look to the future, I mean, how do you see things changing in the way of working, the world of work? Do you think there's some big things underway?
1: Yeah, I mean, massive changes. I mean, one, just in terms of technology moving at the pace it is. I mean, we are going to see massive disruption of traditional industries over the next five, 10, 15 years. A lot of those industries actually that LinkedIn looks after. You know, there is actually, if anyone's listening, they should go onto the BBC website where you can put in your job title and it will tell you how quickly you're going to be automated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I love about the community that we look after. You know, this is a very creative mindset, a curious mindset. They're continuously learning. Uh, There's three things, you know, machines don't do very well. They don't have empathy or understand empathy. They don't have common sense. And they can't mimic that human capability for creativity. And that's a community we look after. So I'm very excited to help, you know, that future workforce. So, you know, Forbes recently asked, are we the next LinkedIn? And I guess it's because as that kind of automation kicks in more and more, LinkedIn's power and community will fade while ours yeah. will we'll increase.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> this space. So I loved receiving an email from you which at the bottom says, and you mentioned it just now, delightfully dyslexic. (laughs) And you've got to apologise for any spelling mistakes, which is a really really lovely touch. How's How's it been being dyslexic, and how have you coped with that? I mean, I love the fact you celebrate the fact and highlight it, but have you found... That challenge.
1: Oh, you know, I mean, when you're younger, dyslexia is a nightmare. And I'm sure if anyone who's listening is either dyslexic or has a kid that's dyslexic, you know, it's a real struggle when you're little. But I have now come to see it as a complete superpower. I mean, 40% of self-made millionaires are dyslexic. 35% of entrepreneurs in general are dyslexic. So you've got everyone from Steve Jobs was dyslexic, Anita Broderick, Joe Malone, Einstein was dyslexic. You know, the list of entrepreneurs is, is, you know, you you tend to be as dyslexic. (laughs) And the reason that is, is for a number of reasons, you know, there are obviously distinct challenges which comes from reading, writing, but thank goodness for technology now, like I read by listening to Audible, so I don't miss out on learning. Um, In terms of writing, I've got my email signature says delightfully dyslexic excuse typos, which forgives all manner of sins, (laughs) obviously spell check things like dragon, that's great. So on terms of the pluses of dyslexia, we find it really challenging to see individuals individual words, we have much wider pervificial, you see, we also struggle with words. Welcome to that. (laughs) Um, Peripheral vision, Um, which means we see the wider world, which has made us naturally more creative because we tend to connect the dots of what's out there. We also got very high EQs, whether that's because we were in a minority when we were younger. So we, we had to learn empathy quite early on. We tend to be very kind, which makes us very good leaders. And yeah, we we are very driven. And I guess it's also a function of you have to get through something quite challenging when you're young. So you learn very early that hard work and perseverance does does pay off um and so all those traits are just a massive advantage if you're ever trying to innovate or if you're trying to be an entrepreneur which is great (laughs) fascinating
0: so i'm going to close now we've talked about the future generally talk about your future what are your dreams what are your goals what are you aiming for now as you take the business forward
1: well i'm absolutely on a mission to take on linkedin Uh um it was built around a very traditional community it was built around a very old school mindset this generation coming through, they want to work on things that are meaningful. They want to do work that has purpose. They want to work with people they love. You know, you're, you're really good when you're when you're excited and happy. And so, yeah, I mean, the vision is to take on LinkedIn. It's the beginning of quite a long journey for me. I mean, we closed a 4 million round just before Christmas. Um, you know, the whole team's tripled in size. And this year, you know, we've got around 10% market share at the moment. It's about ramping that up to being the biggest network for the creative industries here in the UK, but also developing a roadmap for international and a machine learning strategy around all the data we have. So the way the site works is people post projects and then tag the full teams around the project. So someone will put up an advertising campaign, for example, and say this was the creative director. This was the account manager. This was the photographer. This was the copywriter. And in essence, where I want to be is a living wiki of all the creative endeavour that humanity has achieved and the people and teams that sit behind that with being able to give businesses access to diverse talent at its core. So it's a very exciting journey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fiff, it's been a pleasure talking to you. What, a, what an exciting vision ahead of you. Thank Good you. Good luck and thank you.
1: Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs>